You ready? Whatever. Hey, welcome to STS. Stop clapping, Tom. Okay, let's try this again. <laughs> Rewind. Delete. <clears throat> hey, welcome to STS. I'm Tom. This is Renee. STS is a parkour news show where we cover all things parkour. Now, normally we talk about the current events in parkour, of which there is some. So we're having an episode. So today's episode, we're discussing the art of motion, Red Bull art of motion. Um, and for those of you who do not know, Red Bull art of motion has been happening for probably over a decade now. And it's historically been a live event that's broadcast on Red, Bull, Red Bull's uh, streaming platform. Um, this time they changed things up quite a bit. So there was definitely a lot that was different this year. So, um, do you want to go into the details? You want me to cover them? What do you, what do, what do we want? Yeah. To I mean, it's a, that is a tall order. That's a tall order. Yeah. There's quite a bit different. So. I actually remember when you were saying Red Bull going on for 10 years, I remember one of actually my favorite recordings of STS is when we did an order motion breakdown and we had a, a screen. Oh yeah. Because they had this excellent platform on their website to scrub through the video of the live stream player. Um, I don't know. I guess like, does that does that just make us old that we appreciated that format to be able to sit down at home and you know watch something on a screen and rewind and no. and plug and play through? Is is there, does everything really just belong on TikTok and gets washed over the next day? Is that is that the future? That I mean, it is of the future in a, in a way. But I think I mean so. He's, he said TikTok. He's not joking. It was broadcast on TikTok and it was not on their streaming platform. I don't think it makes us old. I think it just, um, they were trying something different and trying to reach a wider audience. And I think it's easier to, it's easier. Uh, it's easier to like reach new audience because so many people are on TikTok uh, around the world. And, and in particular, I mean, Parkour's audience skews younger, so and so does TikTok. So there's a lot of crossover between. Or does Red Bull's audience skew younger? Probably, yeah. I mean, we're getting we're getting old, but you know, we we're still in. I think a lot of the parkour community probably would have preferred it to be on the Red Bull streaming platform. So it's like, oh, like I missed the event. How do I go watch it? I go to Red Bull's website and and watch it just like I would have any other year. And I think there's a bit of blowback from not having that experience, right? So a lot of people are a little bit upset with, you know, oh, like I missed TikTok's broadcast, so how do I find it? Well, I've got to go to some random guy's YouTube to who like... Which we did. <laughs> which we did right before this episode uh, to see what's going on. And actually, it's quite... That's one of the things that I'm a bit annoyed about is... Like, even just to watch the other two days' events, uh, which we haven't actually talked about yet, um, that's not even available on, on Red Bull. Or at least it's not from anywhere I could find with my, um, with my uh, search skills, which isn't terrible. Come on. All right, so let's let's let's. Rewind. I grew up with the internet. You actually have great search <laughs> skills. I have terrible search skills. But... Let's rewind a bit just for the uninformed. Uh, as I said, it is a tall order to break down exactly what happened with this event, and we'll get into the whys and hows a little bit later. But essentially, three-day event, two days where athletes with videographers went out and had 
content making challenges. That's fair to say. Sure. And the third day was actually more of the formal art of motion type event where it's a live event. There appeared to be a crowd and they're doing lines and being judged. And there's a live broadcast of it, which unfortunately was only aired on TikTok, but it did happen. Yeah, so, and, but, so even the live event was different, quite a bit different from previous years as well. So we'll get into that mm -hmm. a little bit later, but maybe we'll start talking about the video parts. So, um, so the first day was what they called an exploration challenge, which is essentially all the athletes had to submit three clips um, to then be judged and their best one was kind of selected and, uh, and then compared with the other athletes. And then based on their performance in that clip challenge, the, well, sorry, the exploration challenge, they were ranked. Um, and if you were in the top five, you got points that carried over to the next day and then the third day as well after that. Yeah, and the, the criteria is a little bit unclear because then, so that was the exploration challenge. Day two is the spot challenge. Yep. So the exploration challenge sounds to me, or I guess to both of us, that it should be go out and explore the island and find find like the, 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 the one challenge you're going to do for the day or there or a couple like go. Fi it's a find the finds, you know, find the good find yeah. <laughs> and perform it. And then day two was the uh, spot challenge, which I think meant more like use the whole... Use the course that's course built that's, yeah. and, well, partially built and partially, you know, ex in existence and then try to create a 60-second uh, edit, right? So there's a lot of, like, a lot of the filmmaker's uh, contribution is considered here, right? Mm -hmm. So... Uh, but actually, I want to talk a little bit about the exploration challenge because I feel like some athletes really got that and really took exploration to heart mm -hmm. and others felt like, or maybe, I don't know what they felt like because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not in their brains, yeah. but they seem to um, do things that aren't really explorative. Yeah, and I, I think just before even we get into the... Um, what athletes did well and didn't do well at any point is it seems that athletes didn't always know what was going on. You at home and us didn't know what's going on. Seems to be a lot of just not communicated things, but I'll, I'll let you continue with the point you were going to yeah, make this about is, certain athletes. I mean, this is obviously, a, you know, you're re referring, you're criticizing Red Bull in a sense right now, which I agree with. Um, and there's definitely a lot of criticism about have, I have the event. I would say overall, I think it's really cool. There's a lot of things that I liked about it. So I don't want this to come off as like, I'm. it's purely just like hate on Red Bull because there's... Uh, because a lot of people are jumping on that train lately, and I feel annoyed that we're always in parkour. We eat our own, and like we're it's it's always like hating on whatever comes out. So, um, and I think we also have a reputation of that. So <laughs> I want to be clear here that I don't want to. I, I want to be critical of Red Bull, but I don't. I'm not hating on this. There's 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 things I liked. We'll get into. Yeah. <laughs> one day, one day we'll start with what I like, we liked. There, there's things I like. <laughs> um, okay, so I guess, uh, well, Travis Verkey won the men's mm -hmm. division, right? Um, 
uh, overall, right? So over all three days. Uh, I think his, uh, in his first, in the first day, the exploration challenge, he came in second uh, to Ed Scott. Uh, but I think both of those athletes, Ed and, and Travis, really understood the concept of exploration challenge. They went out, they found a spot where only they could interact with the thing that they so this interacted is, So with. this is in defense of them being uh, rewarded. Yes. Because there is a lot of, a lot of the criticism is like, Ellis is the best and he should have won. <laughs> yeah. Um, he did the hardest moves, and then therefore he should have won. And that's you know it's that's up to a little bit of interpretation there for sure. But we have uh, the the winning clip because it's a clip. Yep. The winning clip from Travis Verkey is that uh, precision. Sorry, w w winning for that day, or no? no, oh, sorry, or sorry, Ed, Ed won. won for that day. Ed yeah. Getting all confused. Um, Ed. So Ed's Ed's winning clip was side flip. Uh, Ply or side flip over a gap to a precise wall called side flip precision precision plyo into a palm flip. Yeah, palm layout, which was palm, pretty yeah. pretty sick, and really nice, like really like sick combo. Um, great obstacle interaction, which is exactly like what I mean. That's something that we've always looked at in SPL competitions when we're judging um, uh, style events is the obstacle interaction. Um, and I think that a lot of other athletes are doing moves in areas that are just like they could do that anywhere, right? So like uh, examples of, of people, um, Archie, DK, even like Lilu, or, or even more like even Sydney, like all of those athletes, I mean, I can, keep, I can go on, there's actually more, where it was kind of just like a, generic flat ground spot there's like a ledge and a wall or maybe a couple walls and they're just doing lines that they are coming up with on flat ground doing like a tumbling thing a wall trick and a ledge flip and it's that to me is not exploration right that's just like oh like i need to do i need to do a sick line that in that involves some of the best skills that i have so i have all of these skills mm -hmm. i need to fit them in somewhere mm -hmm. whereas ed was like i'm like i see that fat side pre over there mm -hmm. um i could do i could do a side pre somewhere else but this is a unique spot to do this yeah. in so i think this is something that that uh you and i agree on yeah in terms of like how this round was judged and what it says about a, well what it says about parkour competition uh freestyle competition and it's that that obstacle interaction but just to kind of play a bit of, I guess, not really devil's advocate here, but to kind of help people kind of understand that this sort of argument. Uh, so, so again, we look at the winning clips. So, so one of the things I think one of the similarities is is Ed found this gap. Mm -hmm. Found this gap. Found these two walls, and it's like looks to be a massive gap, probably a massive side flip uh, to hit it, and then it also has another perfect height like wall next to it that he can punch into it. Um, and mind you too, because we there were one or two other I can't remember because the videos get I'm getting confused which rounds they're in, but we saw like other side flip gaps and like side to side. But the fact that he had to control the impact of the first side flip, which was massive, and do something that was a, a rotation on a different axis, 
is very difficult compared to like if you just did side to side. Uh, and he could only do it in that spot. Like that was the, he found something that was unique to that spot. Travis found something even even more unique, uh, but it didn't have a a flip. Well, he, he kind of just finished with a double cork. Yeah, but a yeah celebration like, flip. <laughs> so he did this. He did this really sweet running pre, basically over a gap, and it's like to a windowsill, but not straight on. It's like to the side of the windowsill, so it's like even skinnier and like weirder to land on. So. Yeah, and then he just dropped down, rolled, and then did double cork basically yeah. as a celebration, which super, yeah. super cool, like exploration, like use of spot. That's like what, in my mind, that this first day of competition was all mm -hmm. about. So the other side of it is you have, uh, we'll just use Ellis as an example, did a line that had, you know, Kong Gainer and various other tricks and I can't remember it's all it's all a blur now because I've seen so many flips at this point uh for different people's rounds but you know maybe had some moves in there and you could look at what uh Ed did or what what Travis uh did and then what Ellis did and say like oh like those are harder moves that, that Ellis did why didn't he get it and it's again because he didn't need to find something unique on the island itself and I, I think that also speaks to like his experienced the practitioner because he's a bit more of a gym athlete and so it's like okay where can I do because because what does he need to do a con gainer a you know hip yeah. height well, like basically any I mean any like railing height wall with maybe a little bit of a drop but not even because you can tuck around I'm, without gonna, a drop. I'm gonna slightly disagree here only because I mean I I mean I still agree that he was on more I'm of trying the, to help our argument why he was more on <laughs> he was more on the spectrum of like not really using the spot but he had more spot interaction or, or like obstacle interaction than some of the other athletes did sure yeah um, there, there was that like square spot yeah that it a was lot of it was literally just yeah. flat square area with mm -hmm. a wall and a ledge like the 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 exam the best example i have is um is archie who's like a very skilled athlete but he did and he did um gainer double full to start off his line and then you know some like butt roll like wall step fault things which are quite easy he did another like scoop full and like and some other moves that are skilled but again it's just like so it's so like generic of a spot to use um so and and so i think ellis did a little bit better if he chose a different spot that wasn't as generic mm -hmm. but i but he's still closer to that side of the spectrum whereas i would say ed and berkey are much more and even dom actually mm -hmm. are much more on the side of like you can only do this here or mm -hmm. like like hard, like it's harder to find the spot you have to yeah. find the 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 gem the diamond in a in the rough where yeah, so the where your skill meets the environment not where just like Oh, I can do this anywhere. Yeah. So I think just to kind of like put the hammer the nail on the head, whatever that, that uh, what is that What's phrase? What's the expression? Put the nail on the head? I don't know. Put the, um, uh, I had put it. The nail I had in the it. coffin. Is nail it? in the coffin? Sure. Anyway. To uh, it. <laughs> To sum up this whole uh, point we're trying to make here, it's uh, if you were in this competition and you were setting out to do, what you should have been tasked with when it comes to exploration and particularly if we're really favoring obstacle interaction in terms of exploration parkour whether it's uh, freestyle based parkour or more traditional is you should be looking for a feature that you couldn't have found anywhere else and then creating off of that feature 
And so using like the most kind of like flat, ordinary part of the whole spot and then doing like a bunch of like maybe unique things with your body, but that didn't really involve anything cool about the spot doesn't really hit for this. I think, and, and I think that's what they were going for. Yeah. And I think both of us ag agree that like that is a that is a cool concept that came out of this, and um, something that you can only get to from doing a challenge like this, where it's a video challenge. It's on like a remote <clears throat> island or it's a unique unique place in general. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the Greek islands, but yeah, I mean, I've long <clears throat> been an advocate for like obstacle interaction or like spot interaction as the thing that defines parkour as a sport compared to other disciplines, right? Like there's certainly crossover to things like tricking or um, dare I say gymnastics, but what makes parkour different from tricking and gymnastics is the environment that it's done in. Gymnastics is the same standard environment that's done, that things, hard things are done always on the same structures or apparatus. Mm -hmm. And tricking is always done on flat, uninteractive landscapes. So what makes parkour so cool and unique and what mm -hmm. I think we should be aiming towards when we're, when we're especially doing things in a competitive scenario mm -hmm is to judge people on how they use spots, not on how they just do, manipulate their body. One more quick example I wanted to mention on yeah, this. Yeah, go ahead. And it's uh, because we didn't, and I don't actually know where he placed, but Bob Reese did a side, so, and then here's another example is, he did a side flip gap, but instead of just like finding, he found the least ideal thing yeah. to, side, <laughs> to yeah. side flip to, the thing that he's, the, the round I'm uh, definitely roof gonna slip on this. Yeah. <laughs> So, so that is the exploration challenge is, you know, go out instead of trying to find the most maybe ideal spot to do the things that you already have um, premeditated that you want to do. It's going out and finding a unique structure or um, opportunity and then being like, oh, this might work here and then exploring and, and playing with that. Great, yeah. So I think we spent too much time on that round. We're gonna have you know to pick what? up our. We're our gonna pace pick up here. our pace. Yeah. The next round <laughs> was the spot challenge, mm -hmm. which was I think th essentially they had a course that was built, partially built out and partially just existing structure that they uh, they had to make basically sixty second uh, video, and it wasn't just like a single clip. Although that's what Ed did, and maybe we'll just kind of touch on that mm -hmm. <laughs> in a second. Um, but uh, it was it was to be edited and have a concept and there was a concept that was part of the scoring uh, apparently. Mm -hmm. um, so the filmmaker actually played a role in the athlete's performance through this event. Um, and and yeah, so like overall that one went to Verky. Verky came in first in that round, and uh, and I think well deserved. Uh, mm -hmm. I thought the video was excellently produced. It was, he did some really, like he kind of, thinking back to like spot interaction, he did an excellent job of doing like, like utilizing the environment in a way that's like only done, only can be done there. Mm -hmm. um, which I think again is what sets parkour apart from other disciplines. But, um, uh, but I mean, there were certainly other great videos that came out of this round mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, and very entertaining ones, including mm -hmm. Dom's, which was hilarious because he only did one thing in it, but it was, the whole thing was a buildup around that one thing. 
Um, and Bob Reese's I thought was really entertaining because he just did a bunch of chair stuff and like weird like like broomstick flyaways and things like that. The grinding shoes. Um, I don't think that should have won, but it was entertaining and a, and a good watch. Um, and Ed's was a one shot. The oneer. The oneer. So it was like one, basically one clip. And he kind of did this whole line that went across all the course. It was probably a really unique challenge, but it, he also obviously had to like reduce the difficulty in order to accomplish some of uh, or the length of it. So um, props to him for doing it, but I think it was probably a poor choice in terms of actually executing uh, on the competition side of it. Yeah, I wanted to bring up too that the concept for this round is. Um, it's not. A, it's a very old concept. Uh, not for. Uh, not in parkour, but in in film. It's a. It's a twenty-four hour film festival. Mm, yeah. So what happens at a twenty-four? Because I've done these before. Like I did one in, in film school. Yay! Uh, I did a twenty-four hour film festival where it was like horror theme, mm. and they gave you like certain props and things that you only or or themes that you only got on the the day of the uh, when you're supposed to start shooting to make it so that you couldn't have used like pre-filmed things that'll have to tie in. Uh, so kind of similar similar sort of uh, challenge to that. It's like 24 hour film film festival, which is kind of like the first round, but that one was more on the athlete. Whereas the second round, it's something that we also need to include here as a detail is that part of the scoring actually went to the production of the film. Right. So like 15% of the scoring I think is what Giles mentioned on the uh, Modus podcast is uh, that 15% of the score went to just the, the quality of the film. Yeah. My voice cracked when I said Giles. Excuse me. Giles. <clears throat> uh, yeah, uh, uh, actually, Giles and, uh, and Sam had a great discussion because they were like insiders. They were the filmmaker. They were filmmakers that were invited to... Uh, be involved in this event so they actually had some pretty good insight and some un better understanding of what went on behind the scenes that a lot of people who weren't there would never know about if it wasn't for them actually dis uh, dispersing that information so uh, go have a listen if you uh, want to hear a little bit more about that um, final round Final round. Well, actually, before we go to final round, because we've kind of skipped over it, yeah. uh, winners for because they don't oh. do they don't do like a, a it's it's not a winner for uh, if you're if you're a woman competing. It's just it's just best female. They uh, still but they still rank them. Yeah. So yeah. in my opinion, it's still like like even though they didn't have a podium mm -hmm. at the end, I still view it as a podium if you if they break down points in the same way. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, 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 the winner of the female division for the second day was mm. Sydney. Well, the first day, I think, was Lilu. Lilu yeah. Yeah, so Lilu's, I, I thought Lilu did win on the first day. Um, uh, she had more spot interaction, which I thought was cooler. Sydney might have done maybe a more complex line. Similar, but... similar, like, sort of, similar sort of take and movements. Uh, Lilu, I think, probably just took it because she ended up doing uh, some sort of swing cast off of like yeah. a, a, an escape ladder structure. So again, just talking yeah. about what, what sort of makes sense for us and I think they were looking for with the explore challenge was like, yeah, finding a spot where you can do 
something off of a structure like that instead of just like you know some curb walls basically. Yeah. And uh, and Sydney Sydney and and Jesse produced this video mm-hmm. um, uh, for the spot challenge day two, and mm-hmm. I thought it was I mean it went hard, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, it was super cool. So I I thought that was definitely one of the better moments of the event um, because it was. Uh, it, it like kind of like very in the very beginning like it's like what do you want to do for this video and she's like I want to go hard as beep. and then it's just like it cuts into like really heavy like uh, soundtrack and it's got like shaky camera and mm-hmm. I don't know I thought it was good um, but she, I think she definitely deserved to win over um, over the other women in that round in particular because that was by, by far the best uh female um submission yeah there were some other ideas i think like uh noah had a similar video that didn't hit quite as hard Mm -hmm. um some of the other uh, i think lilu is like another close competitor to sydney and i think just some of the other uh women that were competing didn't have the same level but if say we just talked about those three like noah lilu and and sydney uh lilu's video concept was in my opinion not much of a concept which was like the clothing change thing uh, she did some, some definitely some good moves in there, but just didn't have quite the same level I do, I mean, of, of going hard as, as Sydney. I, I, I definitely agree. Mm. The one thing that, and I talked to you about this right yeah. before, is um, the very first thing that Lilu yeah. does is just like a massive height drop, which to me is so cool because like she's been, she had been training for I don't know how long mm. up to do manpower gap, woman power. And mm-hmm. she uh, and she just like starts off this video with this just height drop, just straight down, no roll, um, and it's sizable too. And I don't think it really shows that well on video, because uh, like I had to watch. It wasn't until my my third time watching it that I was like, oh dang, that's a massive height drop. So um, anyway, uh, I thought that was super cool, uh, especially with the knowledge of like the whole woman power uh, thing. It's it's like. She's like now she's trained herself up to have this new unique ability that she she can take a height drop and so she's like well I'm gonna use it. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of a, I think the first time we watched it I didn't notice it. You pointed it out and I was like oh yeah that is that is huge. Um, yeah, a bit of like a oversight on the shot selection there because I feel like they had the close up of her coming out of the window and they should have just cut to um, I think this was Sam filming it. Mm. This is gonna be my first. Uh, filmmaker criticism of this video is you should have cut to a wide instead of following her down the drop because if you cut to the wide you get to see the drop the whole time and it would have looked bigger yeah well like like you said like you said off camera the slow-mo really helped um, and I thought that was cool uh, but yeah I think I think the wide but I, I don't know I'm not a filmmaker so well I am I'm an amateur I make my own YouTube videos if you do parkour at this point and you're trying to put stuff out there you're a filmmaker um, okay, so live event. Should we talk about that? Yeah, the final okay, round. So no, let's skip it. Before, before we even talk about this, I do want to say I think that this was actually two separate events. And I think that was a mistake to try to combine it into to one. Um, yeah, it's fair. So, like, I think the video, the two video challenges is one event. And I think definitely Travis won that. But I think... The live event has a totally different feel and experience as a viewer, as a spectator, and uh, and also probably as the athletes. 
So, but I wasn't there, I'm not part of it, so, but just looking from the outside. Um, and so I think a lot of the criticism of the, the outcome of like, oh, why did Travis win? His line wasn't as difficult as uh, Ellis's. Um, but also Ed won that live round. So anyway, it's all really confusing. So I, I think this and and this in this was kind of um, elucidated a little bit in the Modus podcast where Giles is saying apparently this was originally not supposed to be an art of motion. This was supposed to be a different event, and then I guess somewhere along the line of Red Bull just decided, oh no, actually we're just going to use the art of motion name and we're going to make this an art of motion event. Um, even though like athletes are already confirmed to come for this. So what do you think of, <laughs> how do I frame this as a question? What do you think of, uh, what do you think of the outcome of the live event? So, it, so just, uh, to look at the standings, it was Ed was in first place. Um, and, oh wait, actually, I don't know. Who was second or third? Was it Ellis? Yeah, I mean, I, but I think the big, like, no one ever remembers second or third. Doesn't matter, like, the doesn't matter the competition. But it, that's kind of true, <clears throat> yeah. but it kind, it kind of matters here because yeah. there's so much, like, confusion about placement. Yeah, and so, I think the, the big, well, the big question that we're, I think, well, we have it written down here is, like, should, should, should Travis Verkey have won the whole thing? And, you know, when we go through round by round, it all makes sense. Um, but also what you said about it being a mistake, having like a live competition be part of these two like video challenges gets kind of wonky and it makes it <laughs> so <laughs> particularly when, when people aren't really able to follow what's going on. So, yeah. So, so one thing that's clear to me is the judging, um, I guess taking the event as a whole with the, with the video parts as well. Uh, you only got points if you placed in the top five, mm -hmm. right? So, and it was tiered. It was like if you were first place on on the day, uh, let's say day one, the exploration challenge, you got seven points, and then it went like six, five, four, three, two, one, or something like that. Um, and so, if you place, so Travis placed second place on day one and first place on day two. So he only had to get like fifth place or something like that in the th in the live challenge and he would have and he and to win right mm -hmm. because he was so stacked with points from the first two rounds um but on the other hand ed won the first day but didn't crack the top five on day two so he only was going into the third round this like with what, uh seven points mm -hmm. or whatever so I don't know, like what I'm saying here is that there should have been um, more points allocated to all athletes, should have been points mm -hmm. allocated to all athletes, because then there would be more of a chance for somebody who placed a little bit lower on an earlier day to come back on, an, on a later day. And I think, so, and Ed came in first place day one and first place on day three and still didn't win. And I don't understand how, like, you can justify that. Yeah, and I think actually an interesting exercise that actually could come out of this is if you, if you're a nerd out there that uh, wants to watch through all this stuff, uh, I would create a scoring system. So again, we found some random guys' uh, YouTube channel. 
you can't find any of I'm I'm assuming Red Bull is going to put this somewhere in one place at some point because they did at one point I did go on their website I think it was like a day after the comp and they did have some videos up but it couldn't it was they were from different rounds and so it was even yeah. more confusing but I heard that they are producing a documentary type thing all right we'll come, we'll come back to that but if I think something like a, an exercise that could come into this is like go find a, go find all the videos and uh, give points so don't change the order but give points to the um, uh, beneath the top five so whoever got like six seven eight because these people did not get uh, points uh, in the, the the scoring system they have and then see who wins but see, see I don't think changes the like I think Verky still gets first but it might change but like I don't the, I don't think that they have rankings for people beyond the top five that's the problem I thought I thought I saw rankings on the on that Random YouTube. We should, no, we should have really noted what YouTube channel that was. People, I don't know. Go on YouTube and search Red Bull Artemis right. 2022. I, I don't... Uh, yeah, but anyway, yeah. Like, I, but I agree. Like, like, if we had all the data, we mm -hmm. should be able to, like, come up with a winner on our own and see if it still is Travis. And it might, it might still be. But, but either way, it still seems wrong in so many ways. <laughs> like... Um, Okay, so I, I want to pull it back to the live competition because mm -hmm. the, I have some issues with the live competition, competition but I also have some uh, praise for it. Um, that was the word I was looking for. Okay. okay. So the thing I liked about it, they got three attempts mm -hmm. to hit their line or potentially different lines. Mm -hmm. um, and I liked that they gave a, uh, a restriction on they wanted to make it a combo. Right, and so they actually said, all right, 10 second time limit. The problem is some people went over 10 seconds and they, apparently the judges were instructed to not count anything beyond 10 seconds, which is wrong. <laughs> um, because some of like, some great things that happen in these combos weren't counted because just simply because it was like 12 second mark, right? So I think as a competition organizer, you can give the restriction of, okay, I want 10 second lines, but give the leeway to like let people finish the line if it's 12 seconds or 15 seconds. I understand you don't want them taking 30 seconds and kind of dilly dallying and like, like you know doing this like the silly like crowd hype things in between moves you want them you want them to make a combo but if they're able to make a combo and it goes just a little bit beyond 10 seconds you should still count the moves i think that's wrong that they didn't count it yeah um and it it kind of uh it's very um it's it's what we've tried to do and what i think if, if you gave me, like, if you asked uh, previous Art of Motions, if you said, like, give me, like, one thing that would make this competition better, and I would say shorter, shorter lines, because it's not, up until more recent years, it's not what parkour looks like when you go out and do it, um, even to get Instagram clips. What's starting to happen, and it's a trend I hate, is that um, competition lines are finding their way, have found their way into people's like daily practice and so people are going out and instead of doing what 
like, well, <laughs> there's like a there's like a period in where it kind of like increased over time. But like, let's say like when I started parkour, so we're going back like almost 20 years, and it's like okay, um, one move at a time. You know, do one move at a spot, and then like freestyle parkour or free running or what you want to call it was like do a flip off a ledge, and then sometimes you would do a flip off a ledge, and then run to another ledge, do a flip off a ledge, run to another one. There was no connection or thoughtful use of space. It was just a trick here, a trick there. And then lines started to happen, but they were shorter. And then because Art of Motion has always promoted an air whip and other um, events like it have always promoted a minute time limit, athletes always kind of think that they're incentivized, like, okay, I need to do more things to fill the minute time limit. But that wasn't always reflected by the winner too. I think of um, athletes like uh, Bart van der Linden when he won Art of Motion, he, had, he just like blazed through the course and he won. So finally, it seems like um, someone at Art of Motion, because I've just been so sick of it year after year, seeing them stick to the same minute time limit with this giant course that is not reflective of how any of these athletes actually practice. Um, and it's starting to change the culture in a way that I think is, is wrong by, by making athletes want to practice on a regular basis, these long freestyle lines that get kind of wacky and just, just dumb looking sometimes. And now they've gone into like, okay, shorter. So they're doing what we have done with NAPC since like the third time we did it. Originally with NAPC we did um, a battle uh, format with, with teams and then we, we went away from battles and we went to a solo format where it's just one athlete running and they were running on courses and we've done all kinds of different little tweaks but we have been consistent in that we have always said we have wanted shorter lines. We've used time as a guideline so we've said things like hey try to make this a 15 second instagram clip when instagram was only 15 seconds um, and try to make this you know um connection and obstacle interaction so so they've taken essentially all the ideas that we've done uh and given it a 10 second even shorter time limit but the problem is we never had a time limit we just had a time guideline and so you now have all these robberies on their live competition um, as you said it's just just flat out it's just wrong I don't think there's an argument to be made that that was like the right yeah. call when you see what happened because you have these sometimes the best move is at the end of the line yeah and so if you get cut off it's like what the heck? so the uh, so uh, so I actually want to talk about just briefly uh, Tempest Kings of Concrete because I think they did it right yeah they, they said 10 limit time limit but there was nobody saying, like, cutting them off. There was no buzzer. There was nobody telling to the judges, oh, that doesn't count because it was after 10 seconds. Um, yeah, some lines went longer than 10 seconds, but all the athletes understood the rule. Okay, I've got to keep it short and sweet. But, you know, they don't have an internal time, time clock, so, they, you know, they might go 12 seconds or 15 seconds. 15 seconds is actually, mm -hmm. like, you know, if we think about, like, your body's energy systems – 10 to 15 seconds is like when you can do explosive movement. And after that, you're tapping into other, other energy systems and then you're, you're just not going to be performing the highest level things mm -hmm. unless you really specifically train for it, which nobody does, um, except for Joey Adrian, but... <laughs> that one year. That one year. That was one year. Um, so, but yeah, I want to, you know, you know, I thought Kings of Concrete did it right. Art of Motion seemed like okay. It looks like they're getting they're taking a page out of what Kings of the Concrete established as like a like you know a ten second time limit, and then but then they took it too far. They went like like to the point where now everybody's just gonna be mad because they didn't count somebody's like 
cast gainer, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or uh, I don't know how long Ellis's uh, run went, but if he went beyond 10 seconds, and they then definitely didn't count his full fall at the end, which is the hardest thing that maybe has mm-hmm. ever been done in competition. So, um, which brings me back to the live competition and the results. So Ed won the live competition. He definitely had a more connected run than most people. Um, actually, I think Verky probably had the most connected run, but it mm-hmm. wasn't as... It was uh, mostly par four. Yeah, it was... He did Kong Gainer, mm-hmm. like a little vault. I feel like I'm itching. I kind of alluded to it, but I'm itching to get... This, we got to save it for another video or another time or something, but I'm just always itching to get into the um, concept of connection and, and what it's viewed as, because it's, yeah. it's like... It's become, flow, the words flow and connection in parkour, um, particularly as they relate to freestyle judging, have just, like, I, we could interview people, <laughs> particularly from different places, but even even people from the same, like, community, be like, what does that mean to you? What do you think they're looking for? Like, who do you think shows, like, good, you know, name some athletes or whatever, and you're going to get, like, just all over the map of what it is. Yeah. Um, I So I just want to kind of talk about um like well first of all Ellis is incredible <laughs> mm-hmm. um I think that that goes that's uh that's uh, undeniable uh, I think a lot of people think he should have won um which I think there's a very strong argument that he should have won um, he definitely had way higher difficulty than mm-hmm. Ed's run um despite Ed's being more connected um I also want to just shine a spotlight on Shay Rudolph because I thought I loved his line I thought it was really sick it was like had a slight little stumble in the middle of it but other mm-hmm. than that it was still pretty pretty high level pretty difficult and well connected mm-hmm. um, and uh, uh, Stefan Dollinger his live run wasn't I mean it was great his apparently his cascader at the end didn't count because he went beyond 10 seconds mm-hmm. but actually his first the first two days of competition, I loved his uh, his submissions. I thought his his exploration challenge was exactly that. He did a great job with it, and then uh, his his actual video was pretty pretty on point too. So uh, those are two athletes that I felt like didn't really get as much attention as they deserved throughout the competition. So Shay and um, Stefan. All right, um, I do want to come back to that because uh, that's something that we should probably end on. Okay. Uh, but um, so the major criticism of this event, and so now that we've kind of gone through round by round what happened, talked a little about about a little bit about who won. Um, oh, we skipped again, but uh, uh, Sydney Olson, best female. Um, we already kind of like alluded to that with the other the other rounds, uh, but no no female podium there, and we'll we'll talk about that in a moment as well. But um, first of all, is just the the promotion of this event is I think the biggest criticism to make, and really it's it's like if you look at every complaint every complaint everything you're going for and it it comes down to um other than other than maybe some of the scoring things that we've we've already talked about uh but there was just almost no promotion almost almost none and it's it's on the organizers and on red bull a hundred percent to do that um giles and sam put out a a uh, podcasts where the modus podcast where they're 
kind of coming in from a defensive point about the event and talking about all the positive things and then saying like, oh yeah, people just needed to have, you know, like more hand-holding at this event. It's like, no, there needed to be actual promotion of what was, was going on. I actually knew a little bit because I spoke to someone uh, before the event took place and they said like, oh yeah, they're changing the format and there's going to be a video challenge and stuff. So I had a little bit of anticipation of what was going to happen. But Red Bull just decided to like completely like shit the bed and, and just not do any sort of promotion and I don't actually think it's a problem for them is the funny thing. I don't actually think it's something that they're going to uh, uh, necessarily improve on because when it comes down to it, what did they get? They got um, a bunch of excellent uh, content material which is all they really want out of out of Art of Motion, out of doing events is like exposure and material that they can reuse year after year. So I think people have this uh, idea that Art of Motion is for the parkour scene or for the parkour, dare I say, community, when really I don't think it is. I think Art of Motion is, well, it is. It is a promotional opportunity for Red Bull. Um, and parkour is kind of the vessel of, of that. Um, and, you know, that, that, that's like a whole other, like, you know, thing about uh, about brands and sponsors and competition. But that's really what Red Bull events are, is their promotional opportunities for Red Bull. And Red Bull can be praised, and I think should be praised, for the amount of uh, funding that just gets given to athletes. You can think of just across so many sports, all the different athletes that are sponsored by Red Bull. But at the end of the day, it's, it's promotion for them. They're not, I don't imagine that any any brand really particularly an energy drink is really really has people at the top of it that are like let's do some like charitable things for these parkour kids i think it comes down to like okay who are the sick athletes that we can you know put red bull on to to promote red bull i don't know if you agree with that but um <laughs> i mean i agree with it in like in the sense that that's how sponsorships work mm -hmm. and that's how like um like a large corporation that's like seeking to like promote their brand is going to operate um, but i don't think that's surprising and i don't think that they owe the community if we want to use the word community anything <laughs> they just they they're going to continue doing their events if we are like raising a stink about it, there might be some like small changes that happen like internally based on like, you know, people who are a little bit closer to like how the event operates. But the, the executives at Red Bull probably don't give a fuck. Like they're, they have, they have one goal in mind and this isn't even a criticism. This is just like how the world works. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think, uh, you know, and it's not it's not like it's not even like it's not even like a a negative thing either like i don't think that we need to think about it as like oh like red bull they're just an energy drink mega corporation that well, only see, what cares I, about what i could have say that, that i didn't is i could have used the term promotional tool yeah as athletes but i didn't yeah. I'm, I'm trying to but i'm trying to be no, fair but still, <laughs> but still like um i think uh it's often it's really easy for people especially in the parkour world who have um a certain perspective on on the way the world works to just blame the massive corporation mm -hmm. that's using athletes for their own monetary gain but mm -hmm. 
Um, but at the end of the day, there is still people who are benefiting within the parkour world from Red Bull's involvement. And is that a bad thing? I don't think so. No. And, and I think uh, people need to realize, too, that... And this is, okay, so this is kind of like a take on it and what I, what I, I think uh, parkour people should stop looking to Art of Motion for is stop looking at it as um, the best competition in parkour as, or really as like a meaningful competition at all. Uh, we play this game. Uh, it's meaningful. We're having a whole podcast about it. Yeah, yeah, well, right because now. nothing happens in parkour. <laughs> nothing happens. Not That's wrong. why we're talking. That's why we're talking no. about it. It's a big event and, it's, and it is meaningful because people make it meaningful. But I'm, what I'm suggesting is that they stop making it meaningful. They stop thinking of it as a meaningful competition because we play this game about, uh, like, oh, remember your best Red Bull moment? Right, and it's like you know, name name like your like favorite Red Bull movement from moment from previous years. This event, they improved on the competition, which you know makes me maybe rethink what I'm just was saying right now because they improved on the competition and seem to be landing on some things that that we think are are going to be better for like future events. But particularly like the video thing, the video challenge, don't make that a competition or or call it like a 24-hour film festival, like call it what it is, you know. Um, See, actually, <laughs> I, I do have some thoughts about the video competition. Yeah. I think it would have been really cool if they actually live streamed, like, the viewing of it. Mm. So, like... Like um, athletes viewing it, or...? Yeah, but mm. not, like, uh, not, like, just on the athletes, but, like, mm. uh, almost in the way that, like, an Oscars works, where we're, like, we're like you know, that the athlete, you know... They're, they're called up to, to go up in the filmmaker and they kind of talk about like their concept of the video and then it airs on screen and then like it's a it's a it's a more like um uh interactive event you know there's like a live chat of like oh did you see that like it, it, I, I think that would have been way cooler but instead i have to go hunt down these videos on some random dude's youtube channel mm -hmm. to like even see them i think the i think that it could have been a really cool almost live event experience with just the videos mm -hmm. um so anyway that's those are kind of some of my thoughts about um the way that that competition could go the direction that could go yeah but before we move on here and i'm gonna throw it back to you but yeah. um just just along the lines of like meaningful competition meaningful event all those things i think one of the things that has made red bull art of motion so big feels so important uh, over the years is the absolute fantasy experience that it creates for who attends. I've never been, but it looks like such a wild time from like people talk about the after parties and stuff. Like just, I'm just thinking about like, you know, you could be a parkour practitioner who just, you know, comes from maybe the middle of nowhere. Um, and you know, you're just really good at this niche thing that no one really appreciates and you get flown out to this incredible location. Um, you probably get put up real nice, you probably get food, you get to go to this party and it's just like this sensational experience where you're living this almost like fake life for a couple days and then you know back to reality of course after. And it's why in previous years too when we talked, we would talk about like the top six spots and people not trying the final one because once you make it top six you get to come back and live it all over again, right? Yeah. Uh, so, so I think that's why Red Bull over the years has just become this like very meaningful thing is because of that that like dream opportunity just to be part of this crazy, and I'm gonna use this word instead of competition, showcase of, of parkour. Um, 
but I want to throw it back to you because there's a point that we haven't talked about yet and it kind of is on the same lines of like what Red Bull means and um, what they're doing. Like, is it is it for the community? Who is it for? And, and it's uh, one of the other big criticisms of the event, which is uh, it felt like once again, they're not doing enough for the female competitors. And I don't know, what is what is your, what is your take What's on what take is your take on, on that? Because that is that is the other. I think it, there's two big criticisms out of it. It's it's just how the event just felt like mashed together. And no one understood what was going on. But also that um, there's not being enough done for females. Yeah. So I guess um, we'll talk about so the previous Art of Motion. There was I believe six female competitors, mm-hmm. and in this one they initially promoted it as only two female competitors. Um, and I, th- I think that was actually not accurate. They weren't just like, they were actually invited a third who declined and then they were trying to find a replacement. Um, so that's Hazal. Hazal was a, uh, originally invited to be a part of this Art of Motion and couldn't make it. Um, and so then apparently Sydney was then invited in her place. So then there was three and then there was an additional online qualifier for, um, for this art of motion, which made it four. And then after looking, um, or after like seeing like the event actually start to take place, it was clear that there was five. Mm-hmm. So it went from, oh, it looks like Red Bull only has two women, to Red Bull actually had five women, which was actually one fewer than their previous event. Is that the right direction to go? Probably not. Um, is, uh, uh, you know, like we want to we wanna have more female participation if possible, not mm-hmm. less. So I think that's, that is a problem, and I think they were rightly criticized. I think there was also a bit more... A more outrage and and potentially less communication from Red Bull that than than there needed to be. Um, well, it goes back to the whole like just uh, under promoted or just lack of of promotion. Like there's changes being made behind the scenes. You have um, uh, I'm gonna <laughs> not gonna confirm this because it was from another person, but like Giles saying that Nico who. Uh, is in charge of a lot of the operations of the event saying no one asked him anything but we could say like okay yeah, nobody invited him to go on a podcast or nobody yeah. like reached out to him to be like hey what's the deal with this it was just it was just start with the criticism and mm-hmm. outrage in the public sphere which I'm actually like I'm okay with publicly criticizing um, but I think the outrage that comes out of a lot of the parkour world is just really like demotivating like it makes me mm-hmm. not feel care like to be a part of our community sometimes because Mm -hmm. just like oh what are we outraged about this time guys um now now is 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 going from six to two a mistake that's that's for sure that's a huge mistake but was that all the information actually no it wasn't so i think um, we got up to six i think i think there were six women oh i thought it was five okay um yeah i think when i can't uh so ella miranda Lilu, Sydney, Noah. I think that's it. Okay. I, I think you hit all of them. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was five. Uh, some, unless some lady's going to be really upset out there at me for missing them. But it's okay. They won't watch this. It's fine. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts on this? Because I, I just like express some like like mm. I'm pr I'm fairly like I feel like I'm fairly moderate in this in this realm. Like I think it's I think Red Bull dropped the ball on promotion, and that mm -hmm. was part of it. They didn't communicate enough about what was going on with the with the female athletes. Mm -hmm. But I also um, I also think that like sometimes we we overreact in the parkour world, uh, and and there's you know. You know, maybe maybe we didn't have all the information, and instead of like, instead of just like outrage in the public, we just like maybe asked the appropriate, mm -hmm. the right people. It almost seems like, uh, and this is like, a, you know, parkour living online, or sometimes even just living on one platform, be it you know Instagram. Um, yeah, for me, it's like parkour lives on Instagram. I get all my parkour news on Instagram. I get it on people's stories and their their comments and etc. And it's, it's very quick like information sharing. And so when you're Red Bull and you put out a poster and it has eight dudes and, and two women on it, yeah. and you're like, hey, Art of Motion's coming up, online qualifiers, one spot open for each one or whatever it was, uh, and no other explanation. Yeah, the, the outrage there, if you're expecting to see more women compete because it's been, and if it seems like a step down because they had more in previous years, then it's then it's it's it is valid because there it's an easy platform just to put you know someone could pop on a Red Bull story and say like hey actually this is happening or answer it's not that hard to have a person do that the problem is I think and this kind of goes back to what I was saying about Red Bull before is it's not for the community it's not for the scene they're not doing it um, <laughs> I don't think they're they're making these uh, putting money into these competitions to be like you know let's let's give more opportunities for athletes as a whole in parkour. Yeah. Um, it's like, you know, let's make a sick event. Here's how we know how to do it. And we're probably gonna have, uh, we're probably gonna miss a bunch of points. Uh, but also because they're a big company, you probably have to go through a lot of people to make public statements. So it's very easy for, for us when we're like SPL, which is three people, we can be like, if people have questions about things, we can pop on our Instagram stories and just like, you know, answer questions when we, when we feel like it. If there is like a, uh, something people are uncertain about, there's a pretty easy avenue of uh, connection there um, because one of us could talk to the other two and say, hey, should we answer these questions or should, you know, is it okay if I say this? And it's very easy to give an answer. Whereas for Red Bull, it's probably got to go up so many tiers to be like, no, 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 just don't, don't say anything, don't, don't respond, no, we don't have time for that. Yeah, I just realized. So, like, as I was kind of going through the com the female competitors in mm -hmm. Red Bull, so we had so we had the two that were announced. Mm -hmm. We had Hazal's spot, which was replaced by Sydney. Then we had um, the one online qualifier. So that would only make four women, but then there was five that ended up being there. So I mm -hmm. wonder if the outrage to like play devil's advocate against myself. Mm -hmm. um, if the outrage actually like caused them to reach out to potentially invite a fifth. Yeah, so th this kind of goes person. into something that Giles was uh, talking about and Sam were talking about on the Modus broadcast again, which was like the private conversations happening at Red Bull. The problem is like, I've heard this story before of like, oh yeah, this was all talked about. You know, we had a round table conversation or whatever at this thing and things are gonna change. I've heard this with so many different parkour events, so many different organizations were like, yeah, yeah, it's all bad, but you know, I talked to them like in private, you know, it seemed all good. Um, we've already said that, uh, uh, or they mentioned that like Nico isn't really in charge of anything in terms of like the bigger decisions. He has influence, it seems, 
and that some people there have influence. Um, and so they probably used their influence, like we can assume, to get another woman into the competition. Um, but then there's also the talk of prize money, which I don't even know what it was, um, or it was, was advertised, uh, and so, you know, so, so many other things around it. But um, it, I, I wouldn't be so confident that conversations had, like, I, I made a joke about this the other day after we had like a staff meeting where it's like, did anyone take notes at these conversations? Was this like a, a meeting that someone like, you know, take notes and be like, I'm going to bring this back to, you know, the big heads or because it, it I, I'm betting more on that, like the people that have influence um, have already like went home after, you know, Red Bull and it's and it's done, you know, mm -hmm. and this, these things won't be brought up until next year and it might be too late to to have any major change. But one can hope. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, um, like. I think it's a, I think it's a mistake to not announce a, a women's podium. Mm -hmm. I think that's that's a clear problem that Red Bull just well and they they did it on the boat, right? I thought they I, did. I, I remember a I photo. I thought they did it the, on the boat. I thought mm -hmm. they also did it in Matera, mm -hmm. in Italy, but um, but I also could be misremembering. But but yeah, like they just did best female for this again with just announcing Sydney as as the winner um, when you know. I think a podium is the appropriate way to approach um, celebrating these women. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, we don't know what prize money was, so it, I'm assuming it was not equal. Um, but that's based on hearsay, so yeah. I don't really know. I think the other thing too is um, expect slow change from Red Bull. Again, talking about the uh, just the change in format. How many Red Bulls art of motions have there been? Uh, a lot, oh, over ten probably. Okay. You know, at least ten. Def right? Definitely. More and they and they stuck with the same format, and then like, okay, now we're gonna change things. You know, after ten. So, um, also they had, um, they've always had. It's always just been best female, never a female division. Always like they're gonna uh, just have everyone run together, never ever a separate female division. And of course, we start to think about some of our own um, struggles with doing competitions and trying to make d different divisions and trying to grow them and, and do things like that. Um, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about that, but, but I do remember well, at least reflecting on, uh, I remember the first, so this, this is going to predate NAPC. This was kind of the competition that led to NAPC. Yeah. And I am going to say it was Tyson Cheka mm -hmm. came to me during a speed competition and he said, I think we can have a women's division. Yeah. I remember that. And it's kind of weird saying these words because this was over, no, it's about 10 years ago. This is about 10 years ago. So not that long ago, about 10 years ago. And it kind of sounds weird. Like imagine like hearing that today where it's like someone, someone rolls up and like, we're just doing, you know, or like say, say on, on Red Bull, like if someone just came up <laughs> during the event and it's like, I think we have enough women here to have a women's division, but that's what it was, is that there was not very much uh, women participating in events at all. But we had, I think it was three women at this speed competition who were of a competitive skill with one another. And someone came up and said, I think we should have a separate women's division for this one. And we did. Yeah. Um, and then that sort of just kind of slowly became the thing, thing after it. It's like something that we haven't really rushed. But maybe you want to speak a little bit about just kind of how we've developed it and... and um, 
I don't know if it's too soon, but talk about some of the things that we're that we're trying to do this year uh, with SPL for women. Yeah, so I guess uh, kind of historically, like you said, that was the first time we actually ran a, a women's division, and it was kind of a combined skill and speed event. Um, but the skill competition was just like measurement. It wasn't like actually like it wasn't this the way skill competitions look uh, today. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, we, over the years, uh, with, with our, uh, our SPL events with NAPC, we, we, um, slowly started adding women's divisions to the three, um, the three disciplines. So we have skill, speed, and style. So we started with speed, um, and then with, uh, in style, we had women participating in style because it was 2v2, like battle, like tournament format. Um, but though those um, those women uh, were just uh, along with the men, and then eventually we started we moved into a um, like a single person uh, competition format where uh, we actually did add a female division in style, and then it wasn't until actually 2017 that we added a female skill division. So it actually took a while for us to get up to the point where we we're offering a female division for all three disciplines. But we finally did um, because, uh, I mean, it's difficult. And this is actually a slight defense of, of Red Bull in that it's hard. Like there's, there's, I mean, there's starting to get to be a lot more women in parkour, mm -hmm. but there's still, it's still really hard to fill the numbers of like high level parkour, professional parkour mm -hmm. athletes that are women. It's just like, yeah, this we're, is, we're this running is, into this issue this year. This is so. going to be a hard, like, I think it's just like a hard pill to swallow for people also is, is they think it's easy to fill out like, okay, so say if you have 12, and I think that was what's what it was for Art of Motion, 12, 12 male, um, 12 people in the, the, you know, 12 men competing. And then, you know, if you want 12 women, I think it's it was like, actually 10 and five at the, in the end. 10, okay. But like, let's say you want 10, 10 women, uh, there is going to be so a couple of things you're going to run into and, and I doubt they're going to have the same problem we have but we have women saying no <laughs> to coming to compete well they did they had um, uh, Hazal say no okay right? so you so. get you get a no and so it's already like your top draw maybe who was Hazal said no okay okay so you got Sydney Olsen who competes with Lilu um, who competes with Noah we didn't have like Elise Bickley who's like usually like a pretty like I'll say household name in um, women's style competition uh, maybe that was a no, you know, I'm just like speculating here, but you start to go down the list and all of a sudden it doesn't get as competitive. And, um, I don't want to throw shade at any competitors were there, but it was, it is kind of clear that there was like a top three, at least the art of motion. And then below that, it's not, it's not competitive anymore. No one is really, um, if there was going to be a podium, no one was really like able to really push for that spot. And so as you start to go, even deeper and you try to fill 10 spots uh you you can run into the issue particularly remember you're going to get no's some people are not going men and women are not going to be able to either make the dates um, or want to compete or whatever it is and so you're going to start to get no's and because there isn't a lot of um women competing or uh in, in parkour altogether it's just hard to just just surely like you just have less people to pick from. Um, how many <laughs> how many dudes wanted to be in art of motion, 
that like also like probably could have like you know you could make a case for like that guy could podium yeah. right um it's 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 a little bit easier to put a comment and it's, and it's for me it doesn't have anything to do with like it um i i, I think um what what we saw from our emotion from the women was very entertaining um it's not that it's just that outside of the top women there's like a drop off in skill where it's it's not entertaining because it's not competitive you need in order to have entertainment you need it to be well, competitive and the the <laughs> yeah sorry to cut you off here but sorry. the um i'm digging myself a hole here man That's, you are yeah, no but yeah. it is it is hard to be competitive <laughs> so uh but but that it the 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 reason that is is because mm-hmm. female participation in parkour is so much lower as a percentage of mm-hmm. male participation and we know this because of uh you and i attended uh, art of retreat years ago mm-hmm. and uh, alice pope joy's research uh, looked at women's participation in jams um, at major U.S. jams. I don't know if it's different in uh, outside of the U.S. I think that was her demographic. It was only in the U.S. Um, but she found that out of all of these different jams, about on average, about 13% of participants were women. And so, um, and that's just for jams. And then that actually provoked me to look at our numbers for uh, qualifying events. And first, I mean, so for some events, it was even lower than 13%. But like just looking at our 2019 um, NAPC numbers, um, people who showed up for on-site qualifiers, it was about 13% of participants were women and the rest were all men and going, going into these. And it was to the point where we were taking the top three participants in the, each discipline and for the style um, discipline on, on, for on-sites, there was only three women registered to compete. So we didn't even run the qualifier. We just accepted all three of them into the event. So, um, so it's like, it's, the, it's such a tricky thing with, um, like, because there are very talented women out there. There's very skilled, high-level, competitive women out there. The problem is there's not nearly as many of them as there are of men. And when we look at like these, and and actually, so in 2019, so like I said, there was 13% of women showing up and competing. Um, But in the actual competition, the like what we accepted in as qualified for being in the main event, um, it was about 40% of participants were women compared to 13% who would normally show up to a qualifier. So we actually artificially inflated the numbers by giving more spots. We actually offered 50% spots, but they only filled 40% because again, they didn't. some of them just didn't show up. She couldn't make it because of the dates, couldn't make it because the flights were too expensive, couldn't make it for various reasons, maybe they're injured. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, uh, this is a kind of like a behind the scenes that I think a lot of people don't consider when we're talking about female participation. And um, I think we should talk a little bit about prize money as well. Mm-hmm. Because uh, historically, and I'll put it on record, we were not paying equal prize money in, in SPL. Um, this year, that is changing. This year, we will be doing equal prize money. And um, we think that's the, the step in the right direction, the, the direction we'd like to see. but. Uh, we're, we are not Red Bull. We don't have an, um, a basically unlimited budget to just like offer equal prize money where I think they should be 
it should be a lot easier for, for them to do it. Mm -hmm. For us, we're basing it off of qualifying, like uh, uh, people participating in qualifying, like so the numbers participating in qualifiers, and the revenue that's driven from on-site qualifiers and other qualifiers is feeding into that. And so you look at the, you know, we might have a, a skill division of 50 men competing and 10 women competing, and it's, uh, I don't, that's probably not the right like <laughs> percentage, but let's just say, and it's just, it's just not quite, uh, you know, how much of that revenue is being driven by the, the male athletes. Um, we're going to be contributing a larger pipe uh, prize pool compared to the female athletes. Now, we're going to make that change this year. This year, we are going to offer equal prize money because we believe that is the direction we want to be going in. Um, but I, but I want to be clear here that it's not as easy as you might think it is when you're just saying we'll just make it equal, because that means we actually have to like lower the men's prize pool to make the women's prize pool equal. So it's, it's actually a, a difficult process and a hard decision to make because, um, you know, it's not like the top male athletes are like, yeah, go ahead, lower my prize money, I don't care. Some of them might be okay it's with It's the number it. one question. It's the, it that, is the number one question. That we get from, well, we'll say top prospects. So let's, I'm not gonna name names, but let's say we have a first place male from a previous year and we're like, hey, can you make it this year? By the way, we haven't got any money for your flight because, you know, we're not Red Bull. <laughs> we're, we're just uh, uh, we're just pulling funds from a couple of gyms and ticket sales and whatnot. Uh, but, so we can't pay for your flight. Oh, oh, how much is prize money? That's that's what it always goes to. And you know, um, thank God there's um, there's uh, some athletes out there that have just like, you know, been able to work with uh, work with us and like really love the event and have been able to. To come out and 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 women because they're they, because of the if uh, I actually don't get that question that much from them. Oddly enough, that I don't, is super interesting. <laughs> I don't get that question enough, you know. Um, uh, but uh, you know, if they've just been able to come out um, because they like the event and they get you know something else out of it, then that's that's awesome. Um, we we would love to uh, have like a fifty thousand dollar prize prize pool and just go 25 on each and you know everyone's happy and they they walk away with a life-changing amount of money but yeah, if we, we I don't have that. here's the thing like if we had the budget for it we mm -hmm. would have done this way sooner yeah it's like when you when you're only working like say we have say if, uh so just to say some numbers here say we have ten thousand dollars and so okay if you divide that by six um six podiums so three for men three for women um we get down to Oh God, math. Um, less than two thousand. Less than two thousand for per podium. And so you want to do first, second, and third prize, or you could give it all to first. And so these are decisions like, okay, do we bump up first place, or do we, you know, have, um, do we dramatically drop the amount we gave last last year? Because that's the other thing. We set a precedent one year where it's like, oh yeah, first when we didn't have. A, remember when we, you know, we were talked about. We went back. We didn't have women's divisions for certain things, and so. When we go back to that and we, we, we add in a women's division and we have a, a men's division whose first place, maybe first place for each podium got like 1500, right? Um, we can't afford that anymore if we make the prize, prizes equal. And so you said it's not easy. Some people, you know, you, depending on your, you know, where your stance is, you might think that's actually really easy. Just lower it and, you know, F them. 
F those money money grubbing um, guys who will only come out for um, if their their first place first place prize is, is of a certain amount. Um, you could just say F them, but um, we have chose to not F them. Um, we have chose to try not to F anybody, <laughs> but uh, but this year, as as you mentioned, uh, we are going to be uh, going with equal prize money on all podiums. Yeah. I mean, it took a while, <laughs> but here we are. Um, well, we skipped two years. We did skip two years, so we got to make up for it somehow, right? Yeah. Um, this is going to be the third third year. This is going to be... 2019 was our last year of the event. Yeah, we'll skip. So we'll skip 2021. In 2020. 2020, 2021, 2021, yeah. And now we're in 2022. <laughs> so this is like three years since our last event, basically. True. That's Dang. wild to think about. We're going to have to over-deliver or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, the uh, the event is August 19th through the 21st, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And this is just a sprinkling of some of the promotion and information that we have to give yeah. about it. There's going to be um, a lot more information coming out soon about how to qualify for mm -hmm. the event. Um, uh in our defense, too, not that we have loads of time. I just, you know, talked about the struggle of being Red Bull and not having a person to go. Again, again, three people trying to make this happen. Yeah. Um, if you'd like to join the team, let us know. Also, we're... If you're interested in helping us out with our live event, with anything else involved behind the scenes of mm -hmm. Sport Park Quarterly, please drop us a line, leave mm -hmm. us a comment, shoot us a DM. Yeah. Um, we're always looking for people to help out. Um, do we want to? I, I do. We just I just looked at the time of the recording here. Are you talking about the last, yeah, last thing? Yeah. yeah. So I do want to kind of go. Let's let's wind back to Art of Motion um, because we did a really nice job of giving a little bit of criticism, a little bit of praise, and then pumping ourselves up here. Um, so let's go back to Art of Motion. Uh, some moments that we have not already talked about or that you just want to I mean, revisit. Well, let's let's like let's kind of like wrap it up like mm -hmm. whatever our maybe favorite moments from the from the first day, second day and the third day potentially. Okay. Can we do like one each just so sure. I, so, so we keep a, it short. But we'll also potential that we don't come up with the same ones and I get to say, say words. All right, you you go I'm first. I, okay, first day. I go first. Yeah. Uh, um no, I didn't have one in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not prepared for this podcast. I'm oh, um, um, uh, uh, you well, did that on purpose. All right. I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> all right, you've heard. Um, I would say, uh, wow, okay. I, the first, like, I, I'm struggling to come up with like a standout. Like, obviously, like, like, like Verky and and Ed were were mm -hmm. great. Um, maybe, maybe like Stefan Dollinger just across like the first two days even it mm -hmm. was just like a standout to me because um, I haven't really seen much from him I'm not even I wasn't even following him on Instagram until like okay. paint us a little ago. bit of a picture why was he a standout oh wow like well if for someone so that's not his, gonna bother to go watch so his uh, so his exploration challenge mm -hmm. he also did a side pre but it looked like it was also over a roof gap but it was mm -hmm. a little bit more blind because he went over something mm -hmm. um, and then he added more onto it so it was kind of like Ed's line or Ed's combo, but it was, uh, it w it was like a little bit longer and seemed also quite awesome. And in my opinion, did I think it didn't crack the top five, but it should have mm -hmm. been in the top five. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, I've, I, and his, his second day video was excellent as well. So you should, you should go watch that one. Yeah. I want to go back to actually uh, uh, Bob Reese's uh, side flip. Yeah. Um, it's a big, big side flip gap to a um, rounded bit. I think that they faked the clip and him saying he's going to slip. But, you know, essentially that's what was going through his head, what he said before, um, before doing it. But, but still sent it. Um, even though it was a slip, it's still relatively clean for like what, you know, <laughs> what is it entailed with that challenge? Um, but that was a super sick one. And uh, what did he place for that? Um, oh, I don't know. For doing side flip to that. Um, I don't even know. I wonder what they, does anyone know? Leave us a comment if you know what those like, if a roof is like rounded like that. So I hate just saying like rounded roof. I'm sure that has a name. It's a cupola. It's a cupola. <laughs> um... <laughs> An Italian rounded rooftop. All right, se- second day. Second day, what do you got? Me first again. Um, I want to go back to on day two. Um, you know, I just you showed me for the first time today before we started recording, and it was... <laughs> was it Sh- is it Shay? Yeah. Okay. So it's not Aiden. Yeah, I got confused. No, yeah. Aiden, like, what Aiden day, Aiden what day did Aiden drop out? But Shay Rudolph, um, his... His video is excellent. Um, yeah. His his day two video, um, what you can expect from him, like they the twin parkour classic style, um, which sometimes I don't actually appreciate as much because they don't cover a lot of ground. Their style always seems to be like fixated on, um, I won't call it small parkour, but it's like just doing everything in tight spaces. There seems to be like a fixation on. Um, doing like really difficult moves and almost like what is the tightest space I can perform all of these like really difficult <laughs> well, he did, moves in. He did yeah. uh, his his exploration challenge mm-hmm. was just the lowest cast yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ever, which I know you didn't like. But I um, yeah, I don't know if I want to throw shit in there. I I don't like the I will say I don't like the idea of smallest move or like <laughs> doing a move on the smallest thing possible um, as a thing you should do in a competition it's like just it's like what is this the competition for ants <laughs> zoolander y'all um but um i mean uh, it's incredibly <laughs> impressive it's it is so incre- low it is, and it's on hard ground yeah. it's not like you did it on grass or anything it was it's, on hard ground. yeah to, not trying to take away from the fact that it is like an incredible feat it's just like such a bizarre it's a weird choice i agree choice it's, to make in a in a i don't think it's a i think it's a thing that you do for training and maybe for like an Instagram clip, I don't think it's a thing that you do in a competition because yeah. it doesn't sell. I remember also like um, uh, at one of the um, NEPCs, uh, Hanaho from Japan, like she did the same thing where she did, it was like really funny too because she tried to sell it because so she did like um, a cast back off of one structure and it was like this high and then she went to like the next one and she like took her hands and went like to demonstrate that it was lower and I was like, oh, well you're trying to sell it. So that's, that's helpful. But um, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't try to win by doing um, something on the smallest thing, small, lowest structure possible. Weird, weird competition strategy. Yeah, yeah, yeah agreed. Um, should I pick what, one? What round? We were on round two. Yeah, yeah. Stefan Dollinger again. It was just so good. <laughs> like he's so good. Dollinger, 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 Dollinger. Uh, comment below if you know that reference. Um, so, <laughs> uh, hot 
fire. Dollinger. Okay. Yeah, he was great. I, but I mean, we already mentioned Sydney's video, which I thought was really well, well, well uh, put together. Um, and then the live event. Live event. Um, shoot, I wanted to say Shay again. Um, but I already covered him. So, uh, you know, we kind of just like glanced over Verky's uh, line there and like some talk about it. And, and I... Uh, do you have... It's not I, like it was bad. No, no. Cause, <laughs> so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like when you put it in an art of motion, you put it against other things and you talk about what Ellis did um, and what Shay did um, and what, what Ed did. And I'm kind of like... It's kind of funny because when I, I think talking about that way, so like Ellis, Shay... Ed, Verky, it goes from like really highly difficult, like singular movements down to like maybe not as difficult, but like like a freaking plyometric combo yeah. or just because I keep hearing these words about like no steps wasted, no steps wasted. And I'm like, I'm a stickler for steps wasted and I can see a lot of wasted steps in the other ones of th moves that don't really need to be in there that are kind of just like filling space. But this is like move, ping, move, ping, move, ping down. Like, you know, just getting down yeah. really quick, like very like slope style parkour. Um, it it does it for word. me. It does it for me. Yeah. yeah. I, I wish I the one thing about Verky's line is I wish it I wish I saw, had the side angle because I wanted mm -hmm. to see I want to see the Kong Pri because mm -hmm. it, um, Giles was saying that it's actually like a fat Kong Pri that he did and he did it really easily out of like two steps. So, so is like, there another angle out there that we? Uh, maybe maybe somebody has it, but um, uh, man, that full full though. I mean, I'm. Just <laughs> I actually so here's a funny thing. Has he done that in comp before? I don't think so. He okay. usually full. He does full in usually. Full in back out. Okay. And and in this case, he did full in, full yeah. out. I and think that went like one the, thing. The, the, what, the funny thing about this, just real quick, yeah. is that kind of went like. Whoosh. Yeah. Because when I saw the clip the first time, because I see this kid doing um, full in back out all the time, mm -hmm. right? And I am fully aware that they're two different moves, and that it is much harder to do the second fully one. Fully aware. I'm fully aware of that. However, are you full I'm, fully aware? However, when I'm watching it like this. Yeah, um, sometimes they can look And the I'm same. going by, it looks totally the same, um, and it kind of just, yeah, I didn't um, quite get the hype. And I also think maybe one or two of the judges didn't notice either. Maybe. But I could just be I don't know. doing well, some speculating okay. One thing I do want to say mm -hmm. about the full full, though, is a lot of people, I've seen, I've seen actually multiple people say this on Instagram, mm. um, because, and they're probably not watching this, but if they are... Mm. It actually was not on concrete. It wasn't on hard ground. It was well hard ground. Yes, it was on like a, a built oh, a wood, wood stage, and that I mean, he still did full full, and I'm not taking anything away from it. But it's not exactly the same as on concrete. It's a gives a little bit more, and it's a little bit nicer to land on. Mm -hmm. So, I do want to put that out there. However, he did full full. So whole whole other topic. Do competitions belong on concrete, or is wood okay? Let us know. That's a, yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. I think we're fully like in agreement of no mats. But yeah. You know, does it need to be on the most unforgiving surface possible you to know, really be like a great parkour competition? I don't think I or said this. Or can we have some built stuff in there? I don't think I said this in uh, in an in an SES, but 
Kings of the Concrete, right? They were, you know, it's, it's all Kings of the Concrete, and we were like, is it even going to be on concrete? And it was. It was on concrete. <laughs> However, they did have some built stages and stuff, but, you know, mm -hmm. that's fair enough. It was on concrete. But the thing I did find funny about it was a lot of the um, submissions were, like, on grass spots and stuff, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, and, but, but that's the thing is, like, so much of parkour is actually not on concrete. Um, and we talked about, like, no mats and stuff all the time, but sand, dirt, grass. Piling up rocks on the other side of the mat. power gaps. Yeah, rocks. <laughs> like, all of these things are acceptable as long as it's not a mat. But, um, you know, and, and it's the thing, it's the one thing sometimes, like, in the gym, I, like, I get, I get a, like, mad at kids if they're, like, pulling over mats for everything. It's like, come on, like, you don't need a mat for that. And it's like, then I have to catch myself and be like, well, if this was outside, they would be doing it on grass. And if it was on grass, then they would probably feel way more confident going for it than on our hard floors. So mm -hmm. anyway, okay, I think we should wrap that up. Yeah, that was a nice piece of, oh, almost an hour and a half. That's not terrible. Yeah. It's 90 minutes of good listening. Yeah, in the same frame. Yeah. We'll get a, another camera and a switcher eventually, but for now. Welcome to YouTube. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you made it to the end, that's great. Um, if you didn't make it to the end, you're probably not hearing this right now. So that's okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, leave us a comment below. Make sure you hit the subscribe button, hit the bell, do all the things that you need to do to hear more from us two old farts talking about things that we can't do in parkour. <laughs> we'll catch you in the next one.